And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Banner 12 plus 6 here. Carson was top rookie. I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything Else Portable! The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. And normally, I am joined by the kid, the god, the legend himself. That's right, Jay King, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic. But he is recording Basket Buds, and he's watching uh, Brad Stevens and all the media Zooms. So I'm going solo to talk to you guys about the Celtics 122-120 victory over the Detroit Pistons in a little short podcast I'm calling... Packard's Corner. Now, the story of tonight's game, I think, has to be seen in context of two games ago or two days ago when the Celtics could not score any points down the stretch. They were scoreless in the final four minutes of that first game against the Pistons. In this game, they actually scored points. Um, Most importantly, Jason Tatum uh, made some great plays down the stretch. The biggest shot coming with about uh, three seconds left. He knocked down a jumper. Uh, basically stepping by Blake Griffin after some nice action in the middle of the court. He also had a very good pass to Jalen Brown, who knocked down a big three to put the Celtics back up to with about 30 seconds left to play. So the Celtics learned something, a little bit of late game execution. I actually thought they got some decent shots uh, from the uh, in the first game when they lost. But you know what? They were able to knock them down today. Uh, but that is the kind of the story of this game. They, they were able to execute. They were, did not fall down by 20 uh, at all uh, when they were playing. And uh, turns out that's better. When you don't have to come back from 20, uh, it's very much helpful for them uh, to win basketball games. Now, I think instead of waiting till the end to do the potable six-pack, since I'm here solo, I'm just going to jump into the potable six-pack and talk about the six most important things from tonight's basketball game. And number one has to be the play of downtown Jalen Brown. I mean, this guy was phenomenal. He scored 31 points, was 13 of 16 from the field, knocked down the big three down the stretch that I mentioned, but he couldn't miss. He was five of eight from deep. 
He's absolutely in his bag. He's just making shots that I didn't think he was capable of. He's making plays off the dribble that I didn't think he was capable of. He continues to make the jump. I think he absolutely has to be Eastern Conference Player of the Week since the Celtics are now 3-1 and one in the last week, and he's shooting something like 80% over those last four games. It's not that high, but he did shoot 81% from the field tonight, and he was basically the uh, main reason the Celtics stayed in this game. This game felt a lot like the game uh, on Friday night in that the Celtics did not play any defense, and the fact that they gave up 30 points in each quarter is not good. Actually, they only gave up 30 points in the quarters one, three, and four, but it was a impressive offensive performance from the Celtics. The defense still needs work, but Jalen Brown, especially early on, is one of the major reasons uh, why the Celtics were able to stay in that game. I think the second reason why the offense was so good, and this brings us to number two on the potable six-pack, is Jason Tatum just as a playmaker. They Detroit was throwing two bodies at Jason Tatum pretty much any time he touched the basketball, and he made the right play. He ended up with 12 assists tonight, including that big uh, one down the stretch. But any time they basically threw two players at Jason Tatum, he hit Daniel Tice a lot for the short roll. He made just the right play uh, pretty much every possession. Zero turnovers for Tatum. 12 assists and zero turnovers is just not something, uh, a stat line you would expect to see from Jason Tatum. I think last year his game-high assist was only five, and so he had 12 uh, in this one. He just kept on making the right passes, and I thought um, his teammates really did a good job of picking him up, especially Daniel Tice. Uh, and then uh, especially Robert Williams when they were in there together. Tice was making great decisions on the short roll. Uh, I thought he made a couple of nice passes to Tristan Thompson, as well as just making nice floaters that I didn't really think were uh, as big as part of Tice's game. But I thought Tice had a really good game, which is the number three thing on the potable six-pack. Daniel Tice tonight scored 15 points. He was 7 of 8 from the field. A pretty dominant stretch. Uh, through the third quarter where, and dominant only in Tice words because he got called for a couple fouls there. But in my notes, I basically had uh, 18, not 18, eight different uh, entries. And as Tice was involved, all of them, Tice doing a solid job on the roll, uh, taking a charge, him nice pass to Tristan Thompson. Uh, draw, well, anytime Tatum draw, drew two, Tice was basically there on a short roll to make a nice play. Uh, even when Tatum missed, Tice was there to kind of have a follow-up jam. I thought just Daniel Tice played a, a very solid game. There was a lot of talk going into this game about the kind of bad three may or bad two big lineups when we've seen all the numbers um, where it has not been good so far this year. It has not been great defensively. Uh, that continued tonight. The Celtics, again, not very good on the defensive end of the court. Jeremy Grant pretty much it, uh, was able to hit any shot that he wanted, especially in the first half. Uh, then Svee, I'm going to say Michaelik. I don't know how to pronounce that, but he came in off the bench in the fourth quarter, gave them 15 points. A lot of Pistons players in double figures, uh, but Blake Griffin had 13, Mason Plumley 13, Josh Jackson, who actually got hurt, had a nice game at 13, Derek Rose 13 off the bench. It just felt like the Pistons uh, could get a lot of what they wanted. They're not necessarily the best shooting team, um, but they finished the game shooting 48% from the field, which is actually much worse uh, than they had been shooting in the first half. 
But the Celtics defense is still struggling. The double bigs offense or defense with Thompson and Tice just doesn't look great. It was, certainly wasn't good defensively at all uh, in this game, but there weren't really many stretches in this game where the Celtics looked great defensively. They had a pretty solid second quarter, uh, but other than that, there wasn't this. The, it was a 122-120 game. The Celtics did not get many stops in this game. My main man, the Polish poster, Wahalati, says, Mihaluk. Well, Mihaluk dominated the fourth quarter, and so I appreciate you guys giving me that uh, pronunciation, but the Celtics just did not look very good on the defensive end, except for my main man, Fast PP, who is just known for his defensive ball pressure and I think did a pretty good job. He just brings the intensity uh, when he comes into the game. I believe I've gotten through three of the potable six-pack. Four has to be Semi Ojale. I mean, Semi Ojale gets the most amount of hate on Celtics Twitter uh, some would say deservedly so. Not me, not this guy. I think Semi plays pretty solid basketball. He's the the next sturdiest guy now that Brad Wanamaker's out on the team. But Shemi Ojale, at the start of the fourth quarter, made three threes, uh, huge threes because the offense was struggling at that point. And that was kind of a, a Tatum and the bench lineup that I thought was pretty successful. And Shemi... Basically, they need a guy who can knock down threes in the corner, and that's what he did in this game. I don't know uh, if he can do it consistently, but it certainly helped them doing this game. I think in the last game, we saw Grant Williams, who did not play tonight, miss a kind of huge open quarter three down the stretch, and it was not great. I think that's one of the reasons why the double big lineup's not going to work is that we're going to see a lot of attention played to Tatum, and the ball's going to swing, and I think the Celtics did a pretty good job of swinging the basketball and moving the basketball tonight, but it's going to find guys in the corner who the other team want to shoot. Shemi Ojale, Grant Williams are one of those guys, but tonight Shemi Ojale knocked down those threes. He finished the game with 11 points and again, three of six from deep. The best part of that is he knocks down two threes and then takes what I'm calling the Shemi heat check, which is a, a pump fakes drives and immediately turns the ball over, uh, which, you know what, once you make three threes, you're allowed to do that. Now, a question from the real P. David 88. Do the Celtics play down to the competition? I would say so. I think it's – I don't know. At this point, it's very early on in the season. They certainly have not played well against the Pistons, who were 0-4 coming into the kind of this two-game series. Uh, but other than that, the games before that, they've played some pretty strong teams. And so I don't know if you necessarily say they were playing down to the Indiana Pacers. Maybe they did not bring the intensity uh, if they have expect to win. We certainly saw that in the first game against the Pacers and the first game against the Pistons. I thought that certainly they had um, more of that intensity or more of that focus on the offensive end tonight. But on the defensive end, they just didn't really have any – any great moments today, and so I'm not really sure what what's going on there. And I think the sixth thing, I might have skipped five, but you know what? Who's counting? Certainly not you guys out there in the snowland. The sixth thing is Jeff Teague had a ankle injury tonight. He left with an ankle injury. It's I don't know what exactly um, the call is or what's going to happen for him um, moving forward, but that will be a huge loss for the Celtics who are very, uh, very short on wing depth and they just can't lose to uh, afford to lose Teague at this point. Uh, Teague played 17 minutes tonight, only had two points, but I thought he was pretty, 
pretty solid defensively. He has had a number of steals this season, none tonight, but I think he did a pretty solid job, but the Celtics just can't afford to lose pretty much anyone off the wing right now. You already have Peyton Pritchard who played 28 minutes a game. I don't know who steps into that role. We saw a little bit of Carson Edwards. Maybe we get some Aaron Neesmith. Maybe we get some Tremont Waters, but uh, losing Teague is just not good for the Celtics' depth. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see what they do, especially – uh, having to play the Toronto Raptors on a back-to-back tomorrow night. It's going to be uh, fascinating to see uh, kind of what they do with their depth, how intense that ankle injury is. We imagine Teague would miss some time, and it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of steps up in his absence uh, to kind of figure things out. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, If you guys have any questions or things you want me to talk about right now, go ahead, sound off in the comments, uh, because we're bringing back my favorite segment. Uh, It's called Jam's Junk Drawer. I'm just going to empty out the, the random notes that I have uh, in my game, in my uh, notes column here, just to finish out. So anything you guys want to talk about or want me to talk about or any random things you noticed, uh, we can talk about now. We'll start off with the Polish poster coming back again. Grant with a did not play. Grant, zero minutes for Grant Williams tonight. He's been very inconsistent, and I think you're going to see that uh, with the kind of the big lineup that the Celtics have. If they're going to go with two bigs, it's going to be Tice and um, Tristan Thompson. That's just kind of how the talent works out. I think Tice is only one of the fives that can really play the four. When they're not in that two big lineup, when they're not trying to get those kind of five best guys out on the court, I just don't think it makes sense to play Grant at power forward right now. I think he's really struggled this year defensively. Uh, he hasn't been that much of a plus on offense. And I just think they're better. And um, when they're playing kind of four guys around a traditional big, I think we see this when Robert Williams comes in, he's kind of has more room to operate as a role man uh, when he's that traditional big. And I just, I mean, Grant Williams is not a kind of a, a wing as much. I think he's more 
he's better used as a small ball five, but uh, so we shall see. I think he might get a bit more of a chance tomorrow when they play the Raptors or a little bit of a bigger team and certainly need to give some guys rest. But I think it's going to be hit or miss or Grant uh, if he can't be consistently on defense. He just hasn't been the kind of guy who can switch out and guard smaller guys this year as he was or show, showed flashes of last year. And so um, that's my explanation for a Grant DMP, but I'm not exactly sure. Question from – I. A Krill Real Mix 98. Why do you think about Tatum's lack of being strong around the rim? The tight seal is gone now. The tight seal is gone. That's a goddamn shame. But um, I don't necessarily think Tatum's not really strong around the rim. He missed uh, a layup or late, but I thought it was a good look. I don't know. I think Tatum, uh, he's certainly not as adept at finishing it around the rim as Jalen Brown has proven himself to be, but I think he's getting certainly better at it. And I don't really think it's a huge issue. Ben Cooperick, Marcus Smart, he points out Marcus Smart. He asked yay or nay. Marcus Smart did take out his braids. I think it's a good look. I always think the Afro is a good look, although I like the braids, but I thought Smart uh, looked good. That was actually the first thing uh, in my notes because that was the first thing I noticed when playing this basketball game. Another thing I noticed, thanks to my friend Jared Weiss, uh, was that Jerome Allen was wearing SpongeBob socks. That's pretty cool. Um, Jake Eisenberg says, we got a classic, got it, from Mike Gorman. It was it was a classic. It was not a traditional game winner because Tatum didn't wait to the absolute final seconds. But when the game is tied, I like the Tatum isolation. And so it was a classic win, a good win for the Celtics. I also like the Tatum block. Um, blocked Blake Griffin at the final uh, end of the game. The thing that was confusing me tonight about the Celtics broadcast is that they are playing Jeremy Grant, and every single time Mike Gorman called or just said Grant, I got confused with Grant Williams. One thing that I've noticed about this, and I think it's a little bit worse than the games in the bubble, is that it's very clear sometimes that the broadcast team is not in uh, in the arena, and there's a lot of times where they just don't know what's going on. And I think Gorman had a couple of those moments tonight, where it's just like I—I I think he just blatantly got the uh, the call wrong. And so, but Mike Gorman's a legend, and I won't uh, besmirch his good name. Uh, Jaleel Okafor exists. Who knew that was going to happen? He's about forty pounds slimmer. Uh, it's absolutely absurd, but it was nice to see him out there with a little uh, back to the basket play. Uh, that was cool. Even though there was fans out there in Detroit, we got some um, – we actually got, were able to hear a lot of the uh, yelling from the bench, a lot of Brad talking about good defense. There's this one cool play where you heard, you could hear uh, Fast PP and Shemi kind of communicating. I think it led to a Fast PP deflection, but I thought it was just uh, cool to be able to kind of hear exactly what they're doing. Um, possibly my favorite moment of the game was the Time Lord – uh, getting a rebound and immediately trying to throw a touch pass, which led to a turnover. And it was awful. Brad was super pissed off, but it's just hilarious to me because if you've watched Time Lord for his entire time in the NBA, he hates touching the ball in the backcourt. So many times he has dumb turnovers where he just – throws the ball away immediately upon getting it uh, after a rebound. I'm pretty sure he got benched after this because I just didn't see it. No, he got some more time in the uh, at the start of the uh, end of the third and start of the fourth quarter, but it was just absolutely absurd. And it's so weird because he can dribble 
Uh, he's a really good passer in the front court. I thought he made some nice passes today. Even just on a play where Jason Tatum got fouled, you can say sense that Time Lord has a real touch for the game, but uh, it wasn't uh, the best moment for Time Lord, but it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, also in this game, in the first half, they, we had an ATO that led to a semi ogelay three. Not how I thought it was going to be designed, but going with a ATO gelay. And that's about it. That's all the other uh, things that I have uh, in terms of notes. Oh, also, Scal, anytime Sadiq Bey is mentioned, Scal will say that he's NBA ready. I think that's uh, hilarious. It clearly has one thing to say about Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey does look NBA ready. He kind of uh, actually hurt the Pistons that he didn't play more in this game because uh, I thought he was great uh, in the first game against the Celtics. But um, we got a question from Smiley Jogger asking if Detroit is better than their record or should we be concerned? I don't think the Celtics can be concerned. I think this, the Pistons are a pretty solid team. I didn't see Jeremy Grant playing this well, but – I, I'm a little higher on the Pistons than I think their record would indicate. Um, I think Blake Griffin needs to do a lot more from them. I don't know if he's just resigned to shooting threes at this point. He shot 10 tonight. But I don't know. I think the Pistons aren't that bad. It's very weird early on in the NBA season. If you look at the standings, some teams are really struggling. And I think just think everyone's trying to kind of figure out what their identity is. Brad said after the game, um, or I think at practice yesterday, that he's kind of where he expected things to be just because he thought um, everyone's trying to figure everything out right now. And so who knows? I mean, the Celtics are four and three, uh, but the Orlando Magic are four and two. The Cavs are four and two and the Hawks are four and two, while the Bucks are three and three. And the Raptors, who the Celtics will play tomorrow, are one and four. And so. I don't know. I don't think we can really read much into kind of the matchups of this game, but I think it's going to be interesting moving forward to see how the team adjusts and whether or not they can kind of figure things out on the defensive end. Um, With that being said, I feel like uh, I've run out of things to say. I've been talking nonstop for almost 19 minutes now, but uh, let's wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I appreciate everyone who asked a question on uh joining in on periscope and i appreciate everyone who listened out there uh we'll finish it out celtics win 122 120 jalen brown is absolutely insane and is should be eastern conference player of the week he drops 31 shooting 81 percent of the field jason tatum knocks down a game-winning shot with three seconds to play he had 24 points 12 assists and eight rebounds and that is means the Celtics win with a huge game coming against the Toronto Raptors tomorrow. I hate Raptors Twitter, and I love you all for listening. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Anything is Possible! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.